Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the... Fight, and I know it's weird that I'm the one that's introducing Light the Fight. Um, but David is not here tonight, and so um, I recruited another an- another male <laughs> co-host, partner, friend, slash husband, BFF, boyfriend, Eric Swap. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> in case you don't know, Eric does not super love um, being on podcasts. Does not super love the sound of his own voice. They're going to keep yelling at me to move that microphone closer. <laughs> does not love the sound of his own voice. That's is that <clears throat> the issue this whole time? I don't know. I don't. I think that is. That's what I'm claiming. <laughs> All right. Well, don't let that get too far away. Oh, I'm going to turn it towards me a little bit differently. Okay. okay. Well, you do, um, do your thing while I get myself. So I'm super excited actually to have Eric. There's only been one other podcast um, that we have done together, and I'll tell you about that af- once we get going. Um, but it's kind of fun to have Eric here with me. Um, so thank you, Eric, for agreeing, even though it's not your favorite. <laughs> Just so glad to be here. That's right. That's right. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? <laughs> okay. So before we get um, rolling, as always, I want to um, mention our – David does this. It, this is harder than it seems. I want to mention our partner, our, <laughs> um, our sponsor is teencounseling.com, and – the way this kind of came about was we, by far, the most um, questions that we get asked is, is David taking more clients and um, referrals, how to find a therapist, which is really super stressful. Um, also hard to find the time to drive your kids all the way to a therapy appointment and then sit there and um, and then wait. And sometimes it's... And you don't know for two or three appointments whether or not you get along with the person. Right. And you have to kind of give it that space. Um, so teencounseling.com is a way that your teen can interact with a therapist, a, a licensed therapist, um, using their phone. So you interact with the therapist via their technology. So if you go into their website, you fill out a survey, and then they pair you with a therapist. If for some reason that therapist isn't working out, then you can switch it around. Um, it's actually more reasonably priced, easier to access, um, more 
choices in terms of finding the right therapist for you. So it's definitely worth a try. Um, so teencounseling.com backslash LTF, which stands for like the fight. And if you use that LTF, you get 10% off your first month um, of counseling. So definitely worth it there. Yeah. Puts it more on your terms. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also want to mention our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS has been with us from the beginning. We love them. We appreciate them. And really, they've made it possible for us to spend this time and um, do this do this podcast. So big shout out to our friends at 1-800-CONTACTS. Not only that, but they make it possible for any of the community events. Yeah. They are the behind the scenes, making that whole thing work. Um, so if any of you have enjoyed a community event and you buy contacts... Support them. Support them, please. Yeah, we would appreciate that. Um, okay, so. Jeez, I've already talked way more than I thought I would. You did good. It's, it's so natural. Yeah. See? Um, <laughs> you know, this is the thing, is that once you get Eric talking, he doesn't, you know. No, 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 no. If, like, even like at church, who's the one to leave first? Me. You're the one that's talking to people. So that is true. I'm making up for you not wanting to talk to people. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't. That's true. <clears throat> that could be true. Um, so here's how this went down. I texted Eric and said, hey, David's not going to be there on the podcast. Would you join me? And he said, you mean to do the tech part? <laughs> uh, I was like, no, Brandon will do that part. Um, I actually – and then he says – are we, is it serious talk <laughs> or are we just going to be funny? And I said, both. So did you plan a joke or anything like that? No, my jokes have already happened. That's <laughs> uh, about the extent of it. All right. Well, okay. So then, um, and so then he said to me, you know, what, so what are we going to talk about? What's the topic? Um, and you know, so often you as our listeners kind of hear this perspective of the mom and the therapist. And we don't have the therapist, but now today I want to kind of give this perspective of the dad perspective. And I kind of, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about is creating connection um, with your kids. And I guess from a guy's perspective a little bit. Um, so Eric and I are getting ready to getting ready to we're coming up on our 25th wedding anniversary that is correct and it's a it's always a big event at our a big trifecta at our house at around this time um because our anniversary is december 21st and eric's birthday is december 22nd and then of course there's christmas so eric affectionately dubbed this this trifecta go ahead well it's if i were to buy my own present <laughs> is basically what happened is i bought myself my own present and it was my anabirthmas present <laughs> which you know and she's like well i don't know what to get you i said don't worry about it i already took care of my anabirthmas you're what don't worry it's my anniversary gift from you my birthday gift from you and my christmas gift from you i already took care of it you're good do you know how awesome that was so um, I'm all for that. Actually, Eric's always been good about like emailing me a, a spreadsheet with links. Um, and then December 23rd, she can't get the links. <laughs> can't find any of them. So she goes to some store and says, just give me something close. 
And I said, I gave you the link and everything, and then you didn't get what I was looking for. Yeah, so you guys, it's hard for me. So I just learned it's better to take care of my own anabirthmus. <laughs> Which is awesome. Anyway, so the reason why I bring that up is because um, Eric and I have, we have been married for like, I feel like 25 years is a good, it's, like it's, pretty proud of us. It's a good number. Um, And in this time, both of us have seen a lot of changes. I used to have a full head of hair. <laughs> I remember that. I like you much I better. think I must have been 18. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I don't just mean the physical changes as we've gotten older. I also, I mean, um, you know, if we were to sit here and go back through all the really crazy highs and really crazy lows. It'd be a long podcast. It'd be a long. <laughs> um, but through that, you know, I can really say that at this stage, I feel like um, we we have evolved and we have improved in areas that maybe – um, we weren't as good in before. Um, and specifically, I guess I want Eric to, so just a little background on Eric. Um, Eric has been a rugby coach. Well, I mean, he's pretty much, you've pretty much coached our kids in every single sport they've played. Mostly. Yeah. You know, so when they were young, it was like baseball and basketball and then hockey Actually, I didn't coach Colton McCoy's basketball. It was one thing I didn't do. I think about I think about that. Orange I, Crush? I think I was just like a third wheel dad. I don't think that I actually was there for practice. Oh, man. You guys, he still wears the Orange Crush No, t-shirt. somebody ditched it. I don't know where it is. Oh, good. I'm it's got to be 18 years old, <laughs> seven, 16 years old at this point, and I was still wearing it, and somebody ditched it. Um, actually, I used it as a paint shirt down here at the shop, and oh, that kind of destroyed kinda. it. So then there was... I mean, right now, you're T- coaching. T-ball helped coach the original hockey team when they were four and five, got knocked out, playing tag, <laughs> got an ambulance ride. Um, yeah, and then started coaching rugby when they were in fifth and sixth grade and, and uh, have pretty much been at almost every single game any of our bo- – any of the boys have played – I think I've only missed, I could probably count on a hand, the number of games I've missed of the boys in 12 years. Well, why don't you just, like, let's just dive in. Why don't you just talk about um, why you feel so passionate about making it to the boys' games? Well, I guess it goes back to, and those of you who probably know me personally know that my dad was... um, Entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, had his own business, did very well. Um, and I remember being in um, – and I remember as I was as I was younger playing Little League and various things, my dad was there all the time. Um, you know, I remember learning to – my dad taught me to water – you know, we learned to water ski. We'd go to the lake as in Arizona as kids and kind of grew up having fun and playing baseball. I think I only played one or two years of football, and I don't remember my parents really being there for that. Um, but baseball was my dad's thing. He, he played baseball. He played pretty competitively, uh, all through high school and, um, and a little bit beyond. 
And that's kind of what he wanted me to do. I mean, I was always, I think I was always meant to be this big jock and play lots of sports. Um, and, and I do remember, you know, little league, my parents were there. They were, you know, I think all my games as little league and whatnot. Uh, and then my freshman year, I made the, uh, baseball team at my junior high and it was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was kind of like the first team you really had to try out for and you really had to show what you were worth. And I remember with the day that I made it, my mom took me out of school and we decorated my room. It was kind of like, congratulations. I, we went and got, you know, these car posters then had them framed and I got new sheets on my bed. And, you know, it was kind of like I moved up in the world. You know, I'm now a big kid. Anyways, I remember the day making the team and we did those things. And, uh, you know, and that's whatever, January, February, and then the first games come around in March or whenever. And and my dad made it to like part of one of my games in junior high. Here I kind of, at that point, had kind of hit the pinnacle of what I was trying to do, you know, because Little League was Little League and made the all-star teams and various things. Um, but here I'd made the school team and my dad made it to part of a game the whole season. And it just kind of deflated me to the point that I didn't care anymore. And I, and I, I look back now and I realize I was doing it because I wanted that approval mm -hmm. and I wanted that, um, acceptance or, or, uh, validation, you know, from him, I guess. Well, and maybe you just like wanted to connect on baseball. Yeah. Yeah, very well could be. It's, but I do remember looking back and I remember he brought um, who the salesman, you know, who worked for him at the time, who was also a really good family friend. And my dad had actually grown up playing baseball with. Um, and they came to, the, you know, half this game. And I just remember thinking, you know, my mom came, but as I just kind of dwindled and didn't care as much anymore, um, I remember thinking, okay, you own this company and I know you know, when you're the owner, you got all the work in the world and you got all these things, but he always made time for anything that he wanted to do. You know, it didn't mean that he didn't work 20 hours in a day, but he always made time for something. And the fact that he never made time to come to my games really kind of let me down. And, uh, I didn't make, th I, I kind of fell off a little bit, didn't work as hard. Um, didn't make it the next year. Then I just kind of continued playing a little bit of summer baseball, you know, with the high school players, but never on a school team again. Um, but and at just, the same time you were way into skateboarding, right? Uh, kind of, yeah, I started to fade out of that a little bit. You know, that phase, once I got a car that kind of <laughs> phased out a little bit, I didn't need, need the skateboard to get everywhere. And I also realized that a lot of the guys I was hanging out with at that phase were not the best influences. And, um, I, I could tell my, my options and levels of freedom were being restricted by the people I was hanging out with mm. because of the consequences of the choices we were making. <laughs> so, um, kind of faded out of that, but anyways, you know, fast forward a couple of years and here we are, we've got Colton and Corey and Colton has learned to rollerblade at two and a half or three and Heidi's yeah. rollerblades around the house. Uh, I had started playing ice hockey, had never done it and just really wanted something to do. Started playing ice hockey just after Corey was born. Um, and as a matter of fact, long story, but my very, very first 
game on a team <laughs> was the night that Quincy was born. And <laughs> much to, to, to Heidi's mom's dismay and displeasure and how many other dis-words. Absolute disapproval. <laughs> Absolute disapproval. At this point, we were on number three. We knew that Heidi had to be induced. And she says, look, they just called me into the hospital. It's going to be three hours before anything even begins to happen. And when they tell you there's a bed, you go take that bed. I don't care what is happening. <laughs> anyway, she says, go play your game. I've been so excited. We were playing in, you know, those of you in Phoenix know the Madhouse on McDowell. Um, it's the old Coliseum at the fairgrounds where the sons used to play when I was a kid. And anyways, they had ice and that's where our first game was. And I was just giddy to go play a game. And anyways, Heidi says, go play and then come to the hospital. Heidi's mom could not believe that I would have said yes. That mm -hmm. To me, I, I think she thought I was the worst person in the world. <laughs> and I think she thought that for a long time after too. But anyways, um, played, had a great time, ended up getting to the hospital in time. Was there for to see Quincy born. But so I've been playing hockey and Colton and Corey wanted to start skating. So we started skating and I'd take them skating and I'd teach them all the things I was learning. And then pretty soon they got into a, a little hockey program that I helped coach. And I've kind of been, I, other than, I guess actually Corey played that one summer in high school that I wasn't his coach. But other than that, I've been their, their coach or a coach on the coaching staff of every sport they've played. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been one of the greatest things. You know, I look back to, I used to ask Colton and Corey when we'd go to rugby practice, I'd sit down and I'd make this big plan and I had all these objectives and I had all these activities that were designed for sp specific things that I wanted to get out of the team and wanted to teach. And we'd get in the car and Colton would say, dad, that practice sucked. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. Why? This was stupid. That drill was stupid. This and oh, such. such rah, 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 rah. Nothing's changed. Um, <laughs> you know, here he is, twenty-two, and he's still the same kid. But anyways, we. Uh, I would kind of explain what I wanted to get out of it, why I was doing certain things, and they would say, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe if you did it this way." Anyways, we'd have, you know, 20 minutes in the car, 15 minutes in the car coming home, and we'd talk all about practice and all about ways to make it better the next time and what the objectives were and why we were trying to teach, why I was trying to teach certain things and uh, whatnot. So anyways, not a, this isn't a coaching blog um, <laughs> or a coaching, this is a podcast, not podcast. a blog. That's right. That's right. Jeez. I was hoping somebody was going to transcribe this and make it a blog and then I wouldn't have to hear myself. <laughs> So anyways, so I've been coaching them pretty much ever since. This summer, Colton played on a team that that I didn't coach. And, you know, we traveled a couple of places to go see him play. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think that the, the boys between Colton and Corey and Connor, I've probably only missed between all three of them and all the things, probably only less than five games. You know, one of the things that I think often is, you know, as a as a child, as a, as a daughter of my parents. I think that we're a product of what our parents are and we're a product of what our parents aren't. And um, I definitely felt like I saw that in Eric. Um, when, and 
so so f- in our marriage, <laughs> I don't know if you know the if you guys listening um know the color personality things, but Eric is like pure yellow, which is the fun the fun one. Eric is the fun one in our marriage. <laughs> Always wanting to have fun and um to, finding ways to have fun. And one thing that I have always watched and appreciated and kind of marveled at, um, I think moms and dads obviously just have really different ways that they connect with kids. And um, I've never felt like, aside from being a cheerleader or, you know, just a person in the stands was <laughs> I called spectator. <laughs> um you know I I don't really feel like I connected with the kids particularly the kids through their sports. Um I think that there's other ways that I felt like maybe I would try to have connection which may have been through cookies on Sundays or you know I mean <laughs> All the other things that I do. <laughs> I mean, photos and trips and memories and stories. And um, that's kind of the direction that I was going to say, you started to. going down that cooking road. And I was like, where else can we go on that? There's cookies and there's. I mean, there's only. There yeah, that kind lot. of stops there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up the photos and all the other things because you really got my mind going one way. And. And there was, it was a dead end. Birthday parties. Yes. Some of the most <laughs> amazing birthday parties. Those of you in the scrapbook world will remember those. So I think that I want you to talk about, um, okay, so I'll say this. Anytime that Eric has had an interest, one thing that I admire about Eric is that he includes our kids in those interests. And so... Um, the minute he started ice hockey, which I was like, really? You know, clear back then. And next thing I know, well, my and, little. And the reason was I needed to do something athletic. And at the time, I had options like playing softball or basketball or some other city league kind of thing, which took up the evening. And so, this is late at night. And hockey, this learn to play hockey program in Arizona that I started with, started at 10 o'clock at night. And it was like, okay, kids are in bed. Heidi's just scrapbooking, <laughs> which literally that's exactly what would happen is I'd come home from work, play with the kids, do something, put them to bed, and she'd be scrapbooking so she could care less. I was either going to fall asleep on the couch or <laughs> I was going to go play hockey. Yeah. So it, it worked out good. It was, so it was a good thing. Next thing I knew, I had this four-year-old and three-year-old little boys that were playing hockey. They weren't playing hockey. They were ice skating. They were ice skating and learning. And learning to play hockey. Um, you know, and then kind of as as we go up, when they started to get older, um, Eric always really loved rugby. And so he wasn't playing, but always watching and always interested. And it was just interesting to see how, you know, he would, the kids would come in, they would want to be by him. They were interested and he started immediately, you know, teaching them the game and talking to them. And um, even up to, a, I'll, I, I want to get to where we talk about motorcycles a little bit. Okay, we can talk about Because that. that's kind of been interesting. Um, what I want to know from, what I'd like you to talk about is, you know, it's one thing to just kind of have this connection because you both like something. And 
I think that that connection is super important. But I wouldn't say that that's the connection that we're always talking about here at Life the Fight. Um, so kind of talk about how a, your connection of shared interests has led or can lead, or maybe as you've gotten older, has led to deeper connections. Okay. Is that fair? Is that a fair enough question? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess so. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, like you said, it, it gave us kind of that basis, you know, that, like I said, we'd go to practice and we would talk about the practice, the, the activities, which would lead into talking about the people, which would lead into talking about decisions that maybe other kids were making or, um, uh, activities that other kids were involved in or various things, you know, sort of the point that, you know, two or three days a week, I'm with Colton and Corey and most of the kids they associate with, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, and then during competition, you kind of see a lot of kids, true colors come out <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and so I kind of know who, who they're around and who they're with. But it also became a non-threatening way for me to find out about kids because we could be talking about various things. So we started to connect deeper, um, I think, because it opened up. It allowed conversations to happen because, I, A, I was vulnerable in, look, I'd only been coaching as long as you've been playing. You know, I started coaching when I started teaching you. You know, I, I certified as a coach so I could so I could coach you. So I'm learning as you're learning, and as I ask for feedback and ask for information and ask for things, there became a vulnerability that um I could go to them and say, What do you think of this? So and I and I talk about that kind of more in a coaching sense, but it led to lots of conversations about lots of things. I mean, I just remember Particularly the year, the senior year, Colton's senior year, um, we we lost Corey, of course, which um, really affected all the players on the on the team. Um, but I just think about like the relationships that you had with those boys at that time. Um, they were so. They would have done anything for you, you know, and um, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think that for a lot of those kids, I was giving them the time that maybe they weren't getting from their dad, which I was also giving the time that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't remember, I'm just trying to think, I don't think that my dad ever coached anything I did. That I that I know of. He did coach us how to scuba dive. I learned before he became an instructor. Oh, you so, did. So yeah. So you, but it, uh, we learned. Actually, no, he learned, and then I, yeah, I learned with with um, scouts or something. Yeah, with the young men's group. But it, you know, we kind of were all doing it because it was cool. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So he taught you, but not me. Okay. <laughs> That's why I still know how to do it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's been too long for me. Yeah. Um. So anyways, yeah, I think that it it just, it opened up different connections because yeah. we were together so much. 
because I was asking for information. I was asking for feedback. I was being vulnerable and not knowing answers that they were giving me directly related to that, which also led to other conversations and other things that, that we were able to talk about. Because I certainly wasn't the expert, despite the fact that I was the coach. Which is one of the things that we talk about here at Light the Fight a lot is kind of if you want to be influential, you have to let the other person influence you first or as well. Or it kind of needs to be a back and forth, even if there is an adult child kind of a situation. Interestingly enough, our kids have never like held back on um giving us giving us critical feedback. feedback. <laughs> I think that we I think that I may have ruined that by allowing them to give feedback all the time or asking for it and maybe not putting a limit on where that should where that should end. No, we we're really and then you get an adult child and that that feedback is real helpful. And the sarcasm is thick now. <laughs> okay, so I kind of I want to sort of talk about a segue into a different type of connection that a, a different type of sport that um, that kind of was born because of losing Corey. Mm-hmm. So why don't you talk about why you decided to buy a motorcycle? <clears throat> The honest reason. Oh, so, so we get to the no, podcast and well, we finally hear honest. Well, no, reasons. no, you know the honest because I told you the honest. I just don't. I don't know that we've ever publicly stated these things. Um, one day we were, uh, it was Quincy and Capri and Connor and I were at David's, and it was probably two or three weeks after Corey died. Um, and we were all kind of taking turns. And while somebody was in with David, I don't remember exactly who, I think Connor and I had left and walked around the corner to walk over a convenience store to grab a drink or something, drink, drink, you know, pops and chips and pop. Chips and pop. Um, and no we, junk food, just no, chips Yeah, and no junk food. We don't need junk food, just chips and pop. <laughs> um, anyways, we uh, walked through this motorcycle dealership and let me back up five or six weeks Several weeks before we lost Corey, Colton was on a kick that he wanted a bullet bike. And he was looking online, trying to find used ones. He was asking all the time. And I just kept saying, absolutely no way. He was like 17. Yeah, he was 17. And just absolutely no way. A, the bullet bike's going to weigh five times more than you. You're never going to be able to lift the thing if it tipped over. (laughs) Um, B... You know, it's it to me. I just kept looking at it as a, as a death machine, and and I would say that to him. And every time, you know, every single motorcycle accident that I'd see in the news, I'd forward to him. I would send to him. I would ask him if he saw it. And and there had been probably I want to say five or six, seven, eight motorcycle fatalities that didn't, that summer. And and I just was like, "There's no way. We'll never do it." Um, Plus your mom. Plus, my mom would 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 and has disowned me because of that, um, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Um, anyways, I'm walking through this. You know, so here we are, a couple weeks after Corey died. And I'm walking through this motorcycle dealership, and there's just this old, cool, vintage-looking motorcycle that 
I just fell in love with. I walked by and it just spoke to me. And I was like, man, I really want that. Why do I want a motorcycle? I don't know. I've never ridden motorcycles. Why am I wanting this for motorcycle? Anyways, it's a road bike. It's an old, you know, vintage kind of bike. And, and it really just kind of stuck, struck me that I needed that. And it bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. And probably four or five days later, I finally said something to Heidi and said, hey, I have this crazy feeling that I kind of feel like I need to go buy this. And I showed her a picture and she goes, do you remember what you said? I mean, I, I'm I remember, I remember sit, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting on the edge of the bathtub. I showed you and you said, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I think you and Colton would really bond and have a good time with that. Well, I'm, I'm going to interject just one thing because one thing had really struck me right after we lost Corey and, um, the grief counselor or the, the, the counselor that's at the hospital, hmm. um, had given us this piece of advice and she said, don't stop doing the things that you enjoy. And she had said, the antidote to grief is doing things you enjoy. And. I forgot that, but I'm glad you remembered it. And well, do it, it really hit me because all the things that I enjoy, I, <clears throat> there were the last things I wanted to do. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't even want a scrapbook. I didn't want to. Look no, at my because scrap, everything you, know, you did is bringing up memories. It, yeah, it was. And I I felt, um, y- you know, she said, you need to have fun. And I thought, that is the rudest thing you can possibly say to me right now. You know, and I just was like, I don't even know what is fun. And even today, I don't really know what's fun. <laughs> I'm not very good at having fun. Um, and when Eric pulled up the motorcycle and we started talking about motorcycles, the thought that came to me was, I bet that that would be fun. Um, up to that point, you know, everything was Eric and Colton and Corey. And so rugby, hockey, <laughs> everything that you guys did. Snowboarding, it was, skiing. Yeah. Everything was, was the three of us. And um, I think there was a certain part of you that knew that Corey would really love motorcycle. Oh, <sighs> yeah. But so there had been discussions probably about motorcycles. and Yeah. And and to be honest, I had actually had, all the way from the time we lived in Arizona and, and they were younger, um, I had a tab or a bookmark of a dirt biking school in California saved that someday I was going to take my boys there and we were all going to learn to ride dirt bikes because I didn't grow up with them. Didn't really know how to do it, but I really wanted to and never did. So anyways, here we are a couple weeks after I show Heidi, she says, yes, I think you should do it, which absolutely blew me away. Took me a couple days. I finally told Colton, which was a huge mistake. Because then he obsessed. <laughs> the obsessive compulsive. He obsessed and was online looking for used motorcycles night and day. Um, and had a couple of saved, a couple he wanted to go see, a couple he started texting and asking information, not knowing a dang thing about him. Had no idea what any of it meant. Just looked at the picture and thought it was cool and that's what we wanted. Um, anyways, we uh, 
he finds one. We kind of, kind of decide on to go get one <laughs> to go look at him. Um, and we it wasn't the most opportune time to go look, Connor. It was Saturday. Uh, we had just we had family over. We had uh, just had Connor's baptism. And Colton talks me into going to look at motorcycles. And they leave the bab- like they leave, leave the after party. You guys they leave kind of the family function with everybody at the house. <laughs> Anyways, we we go down. We we get there. I look at this motorcycle and I'm like, yeah, it's a big motorcycle. I ride it a couple of times and I had an idea of what to do. I mean, I kind of knew how to ride a motorcycle. I just didn't do it ever. Um, anyways, Colton had never ridden one. Ridden one. Come to find out, I didn't know that. So while I'm test driving this guy's motorcycle. We pull into a parking lot of a business that's closed, <laughs> and I teach Colton how to ride it real quick. Um, he had been driving a stick shift. You know, he'd had a stick shift most of, most of his life, so he kind of understood the clutch idea. Anyways, did great on it. Bike was way too big. wasn't the right thing. So we leave. We're driving home. and Or actually, we're not driving home. We're driving to look at the next one. Um, and we get there. Colton gets on it first. And, you know, while I'm still talking to the guy, Colton gets on it and rides off. And the guy says, uh, has he ridden before? And I said, oh, yeah. I taught him like an hour ago. <laughs> and the guy laughed and that was pretty funny. And and we kind of, and I, no, really I did. <laughs> I did just teach him. He goes, oh, wow. He picked up pretty quick then. Anyways, we buy it and we're too scared to ride it across town home. So we had to call one of Colton's friends with the truck to come pick it up for us. Took four of us to lift it into the truck get it home. Um, and so here it is. We've got a motorcycle. We now have a motorcycle. Um, I'd ride the kids to school in the morning. I'd ride to church. Colton would ride to church. Colton would give girls ride home from church. He kept begging to try and drive it to school, which scared me to death to have him riding a motorcycle anywhere near school traffic and how crazy a morning can be. Um, so I, I fought that really, really hard. We both got our motorcycle licenses. We both went and passed the test. Um, and here we are. We So that's end of summer. We go into the fall. Winter comes around. And Colton says, Colton and Heidi are talking about motors, you know, something. And Colton says, well, but mom, what are we going to go do? We got a motorcycle. Do you remember what you said? Yeah. I said, you guys probably need two motorcycles. Yeah, you probably need two. That's right, everybody. Heidi said, you need, you need another motorcycle. So Colton texts me, texts me immediately and boom, within two or three weeks, we had another motorcycle, uh, another kind of vintage looking cool old bike and Colton and I'd kind of buzz around. Uh, but anything on a highway or on a main road, anything more than one lane literally scared the pants off me the entire time we were riding. Um, that summer, Colton left on his mission, or no, no, before Colton left on his mission, a friend had a dirt bike and we were up camping and he brought it and I rode it and I I had found the promised land. <laughs> I knew that I no longer wanted to ride a motorcycle on the road, that I wanted to ride a dirt bike. Okay, so this is the point that Eric's OCD kicks into full gear and he starts obsessively watching videos, learning everything that he can, um, reading, watching YouTube videos. Um, yes, there are writing tutorials, there are trails and, you know, just like this. It's like everything. There's, there's YouTube stuff for just about everything now. 
slowly. So so you you buy a bike. So I buy a dirt bike. Um, within three days, buy Colton's bike. And it, it took a while for us to get rid of the road bikes, but eventually the road bikes. Eventually, the road bikes both left. Were gone. And well, it you know within a year, we went from so Corey dying in in July to the next July five motorcycles in the garage between the two road bikes and the three dirt bikes, one for me, one for Colton and one for Connor. Uh, so then the two road bikes left after Colton left on his mission and it's now just been dirt bike, 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 <laughs> and dirt bike. Okay. So here's, here's what I want you to kind of share. Cause it's been really interesting for me to watch. Um, again, I don't like motorcycles. And I mean, I can ride a motorcycle. The coolest thing in the world is I'm in the backyard weeding one day and which I used to, I used to do all the time. I'd come home, I'd be on the phone and I would just go out in the backyard and weed, clean up the yard, do all the things. And all of a sudden I hear the motorcycle, this is back when we had the road bikes. I hear the motorcycle start and I am thinking, what the heck? And I look over the fence and down the driveway and I see Heidi on the motorcycle riding off shorts, you know, or cargo shorts or camel cargo shorts, <laughs> high top vans, hat turned on around backwards, and she I rides away. I probably had a helmet. I was. You didn't. I, don't lie. Oh. <laughs> don't make everybody think that you're this great safe person. No, <laughs> you were riding down the street to to Connor's friends to pick Connor up. Oh yeah. Um, you know, which literally is it, it's probably you know it's it's like in the neighborhood. Kind of thing. So it's not like, which, okay, I know people quit freaking out and sending us all the texts and the voicemails and the, <laughs> and the, and the DMs of ride with helmets. We know, we know anyways, but that's how cool she was that she had to go pick up Connor and she got on the motorcycle. I can ride, I can ride motorcycle To go down and get him. It was pretty cool. So he, Eric had, um, I would say Eric really was the his best friends were Colton and Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, us. The, the, Heidi family. and I go on vacation together. We don't go on vacation with anybody else. We didn't do anything yeah. with anybody else. I did rugby or I did skiing with the boys or I did hockey with the boys or I went on vacation with Heidi. Yeah. We didn't do anything with anybody else. And it was interesting for me to watch this as Eric started to um, grow in the fascination with the bikes he started to kind of find people miraculously in our own neighborhood that had motorcycles. That all had dirt bikes. And they weren't necessarily people that you would become friends with except the fact that well, they were all people that I knew. Yeah. And and yes. It's not neighbor- that you're not friends with them. But- yes. And, and yes, neighborhood, but they were in our ward, in our church congregation, people that you see on Sunday, you know who they are. You've talked to them, you've, you know, you've talked to them, you've done things, um, but you've never hung out, you know, and, and you wouldn't say we're not friends, but we're, we're associated. We, you know, you know who each other are and you know, each kids play together, do whatever, but you know, hadn't even been out to dinner together, you know, hadn't done anything together. Um, but all of a sudden find out that he's got a dirt bike and he's got a dirt bike and he's got one and he's got one and. Pretty soon there's like six guys that are all in within a stone's throw that all had a dirt bike. And we kind of became a little group that we were 
going riding together and, you know, in the car together and talking about work, about life, about kids. Um, and it became that connection with these other guys. And I'm the old guy in the group, you know, with, with the oldest kids. Um, and I reckon several of them had been instructors, church teachers of, of Colton and Corey. So they knew and know the boys well. Um, but yeah, here's now all of a sudden this group of guys that I've never really had guy friends like this. Right. You know, some of you ladies out there are like, oh, we've got my girlfriends that, you know, we go to lunch or we go shopping or we go scrapbooking or crafting or <laughs> whatever. Um, this became my group of guy friends. And next thing you know, there's group chatting, there's memes being thrown around, there's fixing the motorcycles. There's, yeah, there's tire fixing. Yeah, we're all in the garage together working on the bikes. We're planning our trips. We're planning when we're going to go out of town and, you know, hotels and, you know, stuff that I had never to that point had never been involved in. So talk about how that's changed your. It's it, changed my what? How, how has it affected you? It's been pretty neat. It's been, it's been really, really fun. And it's, it's given me this, I remember, I remember being on one trip and there was, um, four of us in the truck. Um, and one of the guys was one, was a, one of the, one of the, one of the groups, his friends, who wasn't really kind of in, in the group, in our tight knit group. Um, and I remember driving away from like two days of, of riding. And I remember saying to, to, to these guys, I says, man, that, that was seriously the best therapy I've ever had. And which opened up a discussion, you know, as, Oh, Quincy's, sorry, carpool notice. <laughs> Quincy's taking care of that. Um, and I just opened up a discussion of what had happened and what we went through. It turns out he had lost a sister. So it became a common, you know, thing to talk about and the pains um, associated with that in that. And then I would tell the guy, you know, I would tell the guys that this, you know, it's something I always wanted to do with the boys and, and that this was kind of filling that void. Um and, and the connections and the understanding, I wish the wives understood as much as the husbands knew how much it was helping me. <laughs> um, because it really did. It got me through the hardest time. And I think, and I, this is what I wanted you to share, which I know I'm, I'm sorry, kind of... <laughs> Um, I was so grateful to see the smile on your face and it didn't matter if, if it caught what it, it didn't, it didn't matter to me even how much those motorcycles cost. I, I kind of take that back right now, <laughs> this juncture. but I, I would have paid anything to see that smile. And to see that enthusiasm and that excitement. And and that was just 
that was just one part of it. Um, the energy that you had and the motivation that you had and the inclusive, like, I mean, you're, you just do the thing that you do, which is try to convert everybody to, <laughs> to dirt biking. And I did convert some people that probably never should have been on one. <laughs> but I think that um, when you would come home and and everywhere you went, it, it was anywhere from a one hour to a three hour drive to go ride. And he would kind of share the discussions about kids, about relationships, about work, about being unemployed or looking for new jobs or, you know, and so I, that's what I mean by like, it's one thing to just like, like the same thing and even talk about the same thing and maybe even watch that on TV. In fact, I, you know, sometimes I was talking to a dad who was like, I'm, I'm very connected to my boys. We watch basketball together and we're very connected because we both love to watch basketball. And I think that that's great and it's important. And spending that time together gets you on the same page. It's kind of where you take it next. And when you would come home, I knew that you had a great time riding the bike. But I think what was as important, if not more important, was the con- the communication and the talking that was going on on the car ride. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, we've often talked about that, that as much fun as the riding has been, because it's been absolutely amazing. And guys, I mean, we have done some amazingly fun, great things. I think for the most part, most of the guys have all made the same comment, the car ride and talking and connecting and laughing and, sometimes crying has been even better. Um, it, it allowed all of us kind of to be in places that I don't think we would have ever been in. Well, so now talk about this, talk about how, when you are in that car ride, you have said to me before, sometimes it's been you sharing your kind of vulnerability, putting it out there that kind of cracks open Mm -hmm. those conversations. A hundred percent. And it's, I know you're probably trying to lead me down some path that I'm not totally sure what it is, (laughs) but yeah, I, I I mean, there have been times where I, the conversations that have happened would have never, ever, ever come about had that vulnerability and, and the openness and probably me sharing you know, and some of, some of, some of my buddies, some of my writing buddies, you know, their, their oldest is four or five. Mm-hmm. So the struggles they're in, in life is completely different than where we were and where we are. And, um, and it's a little easier for you to take off and ride than it is for the dads have little kids. <laughs> that is definitely the case. Um, you got to get some friends that are your own age. I know I'm working on it. <laughs> um, but, and then that's, that's turned into, 
me and Colton writing and me and Colton and Connor writing and me and Connor spending a ton of time writing. And, you know, when, when Capri was back in elementary school and off track, we would go ride the three of us. And, you know, it, it's just, it's been, it's been really fun to be able to talk and to be able to be with each other and not, you know, have to talk about certain things, but yet, be able to talk about a lot of things. I guess what I'm leading you to or wanting you to talk about. Draw a clearer line, please. I can't, I'm not getting there. No, you you are. <laughs> You've said it. Here on the podcast, we talk all the time about the importance of going first. Mm. And I've definitely done that many times. You know, that's kind of been your role in this group. You're definitely an initiator, an inviter, um, the facilitator, <laughs> much to the wives, maybe. I love it. Some of the other wives aren't as happy. I know. That's been the, that's been the hardest thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, so kind of what I want to end on here is, number one, we all really, we want connection with our kids, um, with our spouses, with friends. These connections are essential to our human happiness. Um, David says all the time, right? Um, the kryptonite to depression is connection. And then we've even extended that to the, the kryptonite to everything, um, to anxiety, to stress, to even pornography or, you know, all the different things that are kind of the, the hard the hard things are the sticking points. The The connection is what pulls you through. But I think that particularly as our, as our kids get older in the teenager, young adult area, it is harder to make those connections. Um, and as adults, you know, the kids, if they could go be with their friends, they'd rather spend time connecting with their friends than, than maybe with us. And, um, I guess what I wanted to point out is, number one, it's so essential to have shared experiences. And um, in in this example, one thing I've always appreciated about Eric is that when he gets excited about something, he just bubbles over with passion and he just draws everyone in. Like if like he would invite the checker at Walmart to come go riding with him. <laughs> and, you know, he's Eric works in the temple and his temple buddies have, have come and ridden with him. And he just, he just loves to include people when he's interested. And, um, you know, David will oftentimes talk about when you're trying to connect with a teenager that, that you're struggling with, that you have to go to their interests. And, um, I think it's been lucky for you that the things that you've been interested in, you have been able to draw the boys in, um, you know, I have, I don't think I've ever seen you sit down and play video games with the boys. Have you? Mm. I've tried and I, I tried <laughs> once, you know, and so failed so miserably trying to figure out what button was A and C and the trigger D and that and this and that. And that uh, it just was like, <sighs> so that hasn't really let's been go a work connection. On a motorcycle. <laughs> let's go. Let's go past the rugby ball. Let's go do something else. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do that. And, and so I think that it, 
whatever the shared experience, whether it's getting onto their page, the things that they're excited about. And David's talked about that a lot on the podcast, and that's been helpful to me. Um, you know, letting sitting down and letting Connor teach me about the game that he likes or tell me about his motorcycle or tell me about the sleigh ride hill that they just, you know, Connor wants me to go sledding with him so bad. And the the... <laughs> The hills that they go down are the most treacherous. Yeah, no, that's there's not. <laughs> the funniest. Like, the funniest thing is there's six, five or six of these kids in the neighborhood, all his buddies, that we got a foot of snow last week at Thanksgiving, and every day after school this week, it's now Wednesday, so uh, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't think I'm not sure if it happened today. They walk around the neighborhood in their snow clothes with their sleds. Going from yard to yard down people's hills, looking for looking places for a hill, to jump off. Yeah, it's running it's off a driveway, jumping down the the snowbank that <laughs> you know got cleared off the driveway, and and riding their little sled down the thing. They have had so much dang fun, which is which has led for Connor has led to so much more happiness mm-hmm. as he has opened up to these to these connections. Um, so um, I guess when you have a shared experience, you're together, you're spending time together. In order to get from just a shared experience, which is connection, which is great, spending that time together is, is great. But to go from that to the next level of connection, I think where you're really like filling your soul, you're really um, having a, a moment together. It requires two things, somebody to go first being number one, going first, number two, being vulnerable and opening up about um, something that you might be struggling with, you know, or something that's important to you or, or whatever it is. I think what's been interesting for me as I've watched Eric is how he does, because he, you know, you care about those kids on the rugby team so much. Um, he goes from coaching him on the field and yelling at him to after practice, they're, they're kind of like huddled around the car talking about school, talking about work, talking about how they're trying to have work-life balance and girlfriends. And somehow I think that you have learned how to take that first level of connection. Like we're having a shared experience and we like this to the next level of experience of you can trust me and I'm here for you. I mean, mm-hmm. do you see yourself doing that yeah, as totally. much as- Well, and, 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 and let me go back because I don't yell at the players. I yell, I'm not like he a football says, coach. He thinks. <laughs> I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm going to smack you across this table right now. Um, no, I'm not a, I'm not a typical yelling at coach where you're constantly yelling at people I'm a yelling, I'm asking questions. Yeah. I want to make sure they hear me. Um, I'm yelling congratulations. I'm yelling uh, um, praise, but usually. And instruction. And inst- <laughs> He says no. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I find the video to prove that. <laughs> but I, I let them, I try my hardest to let, to ask them what the solution is. Before I give it, I want them. 
And I think that that's opened up the, the, the understanding that I care about what they think. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I, I don't want to be, I'm not a top down coach that I know everything. Um, and a lot of that has to do with just the game of rugby, hockey, basketball, you know, various, there's a lot of sports where there is no one right answer. And I've, you know, I, I'm not that kind of, this is the way you should do it. Here's the set of skills. I want you to have the skills and I want you to make the decisions. And if you make the wrong decision, then we learn from it. Um, we talk about it. I ask you, what did you see? What did you do? So I, I get them engaged. And I think that most of, most of the boys I've coached, especially this last year's I've coached collegiate level with a lot more kids that I've never seen before. And they've grown up in a totally different environment. I think that that's connected with them. That's resonated to where they do want to sit and talk because I, I want to know from them how to do something. I want to know how they see it and then talk through it. So I think that that has opened up their ability to connect. So let me put you on the spot really quick as we're kind of coming to the end. Um, Cause by the way, I do have a hockey game to go to. Right. Um, Still playing. We've talked a lot about the boys. Yeah. Really quickly. How do you feel like it's the, you go about connecting with the girls? So we also have two daughters, an 18-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old daughter. Neither of them play rugby. Neither of them played hockey. Capri has ridden a dirt bike a little bit, and she's actually not bad at it. She just got too big for the bike that we had. Um, they ski. They ski, snowboard. So we've got that. Oh, how do we connect? I've always, as they've danced, because that's really been their thing, um, and I can't say this for Quincy because a lot of times as she was going through her dance competition phase younger, it was during rugby season. Divide and conquer. It was divide and conquer. You'd be at dance, I'd be at rugby, but then I would, there was a lot of times I was able to make both. Um, you know, she danced five, four times, I'd make two kind of thing. So what I've been able to do for the boys, I certainly have not been able to do for the girls. And I, I regret that, but I, um, I've, I've watched and I've studied and I've, learned from them what was important about it and have, and I think I've been able to critique or coach or get feedback, encourage. encourage, um, and be that shoulder, you know, when they didn't think they did as good as they could, you know, be that shoulder to say, you know, we're not perfect. You know, you get another chance next week. You get another chance. Mm-hmm. Kind of, um, I don't know. Uh, you obviously, I hate these kind of conversations with you because <laughs> you obviously are going someplace and I'm, no. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm answering it right. No, or, I just Or think... if this podcast is going to drag on for another 30 minutes no, we're... For, for me to get to the answer. No, I, all I would say is that this I think that life. you do a really good job of connecting with our girls and you don't have those as, as many things in common. Um, I th- we don't have as many shared experiences. Right. 
interests. Um, I think that you are still willing to share what you're excited. I could be a good drill coach. Well, we've ta- we've talked we have talked about that. There, I've offered my services. Are, yes. I've offered my services as the assistant coach when they lost one, and <laughs> take you up on it. She wouldn't so take me rude. up on it. I just apparently don't look good in tights. You know, I think that you are you are the go to, and everybody always says that about Eric. He's the go to guy. Like if you need something, if you're wondering about something, go to Eric, and he helps you. And and. That is a way that I feel like you right. Have... If any of you out there know Holly McKay, <laughs> ask her what my nickname is. Yep, go-to guy. Um, one way that I feel like the girls connect with you is that you, you're there to just help them with anything that they need. They don't, they don't come to me. They don't call me. They need to order something online. They don't come to me because I hate shopping online. <laughs> um. Heidi's one of three women in the world that don't like to shop. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I... Um, period. Not just online, period. I guess I just wanted you guys... Um, first of all, it's fun to have Eric on the podcast, even though um, David's not here. And I do want to, I guess, maybe just publicly tell you, Eric, that... I'm really proud of how much you've um, grown and learning to connect, not just with our kids, but also with friends. And I have watched you become a much happier, fulfilled individual as you have have made those connections. And um, and I love it. And I think that I just sort of wanted to point out. I think about connection a lot and I think about how I would talk about connection and teach connection and, and focus on connection. And it's not, it's not always easy and it certainly doesn't come without a price and without effort, you know? Um, but I've watched Eric be able to cross from the basic connection to deeper connections and, you know, you do it with the, four-year-olds at church like you guys every age two to five-year-old finds eric (laughs) at church and gives him high fives and well he has candy so that helps but he finds ways to get them to trust him and like him and makes them feel like they matter gets down on their level and um i relate with you relate really well with I, four-year-olds. The mentality of a four-year-old and mine is, is very <laughs> similar a lot of times. I think that this is something that we have benefited from um, as we've lost Corey is learning that vulnerability, um, finding ways to connect with people, um, caring, seeing people for who they are, you know, not maybe the external things. Um, and so I, I wanted to sort of highlight what a good example you are to me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Anyway, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Well, I, I couldn't... <clears throat> 
I couldn't do any of that if I hadn't learned the things that I learned from Light the Fight. <laughs> there he goes. Shout out, Light the Fight, way to go. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do any of these things had we not had the conversations first. And these weren't conversations that we probably necessarily would have ever had. No. Um, I, you know, it, the conversations were all born out of tragedy and, and losing Corey. Um, but there's a deeper connection between us, a deeper understanding, a deeper, um, a deeper set of goals, a deeper set of, you know, objectives, Sensitivity, uh, I think, too. Definitely deeper sensitivity. Um, and and without that, none of these conversations that I'm now having and have connections and ways that I've never had um, wouldn't have ever happened. Um, so thank you for talking. Thank you for teaching me how to talk. <laughs> um, well, you know, he likes to give me a hard time. <laughs> and, and the reality is that it is a lot easier for me to stand up and talk. And, um, but when Eric does talk, people listen and, and I listen. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate that you came. I know that this wasn't your favorite thing. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here because he's got to go. I got to um, go to got a hockey ho game. Got a hockey game. Got to leave, guys. Um. So on that note, oh, look, a coaching clinic that I can go do for another level of coaching. <laughs> on that note, you guys, as always, <laughs> thank you for listening and thank you for helping us to light the fight. <laughs> how does that go now? I, I forget how the ending okay. is. That, oh, you're not gonna play that part? No, I, I might now. Oh, jeez. <laughs>